0: From the pit of the all-powerful Sarlacc, it's the IGN Digi-Guys. DigiGuys. And now, please welcome the special edition re-release of Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Uh, so, Mark, how are, you? are you getting used to the, the labs? I have a question for you. First off, first off, most important question of all time. Why is Lou Grant not on DVD?
1: Lou Grant? Lou Grant. That show's terrible.
0: That show was... It won Emmys. It won lot. tons of Emmys. And
1: so did uh,
0: whatever. Okay. Lou Grant's not on, uh, on DVD. What made you think of Never that? Never has been. Uh, you know, I was listening to the radio this morning, and they were saying, uh, 40 years ago today, blah, whatever, 30 some years... Uh, the Emmy Awards went to Taxi and Lou Grant. And I thought... Luke Grant, at Azzer he's still around, he's still got his back hair, What's where is that he show? He did have a lot of back hair. He still does. Really? Oh my gosh. It, 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 is it never, Robert Williams-esque? Oh, oh it's it's Robert, oh, please. He puts Robin Williams to shame. He's the original uh, Sasquatch man. I will never forget. Uh, the two things, three things. I have three core memories from uh, attending all of those Battle of the Network stars that they used to have at Pepperdine University when I was a kid. Remember the Battle of the Network stars? Oh, I used to love that, oh, that show. show. Oh, it was the best. And, and I used to go to that because it was, you know, minutes away. And um, I have three very strong recollections. Number one, um, I, I was amazed at how uh, tiny and fragile William Shatner's ankles were.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, tiny, tiny, like, you know, itty-bitty. Little little tiny ankles. Like, if he were to go skiing, he'd, they'd just snap and his feet would come flying off. Number two, uh, Ed Asner d- 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 like took his shirt off and children ran screaming. It was... Horrifying the amount of, of, of back hair and just hair. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed Asner is just, he's, he's, a, he's, he's, he's simian. It's an unbelievable. And then the third, which is a very fond memory, unlike those other two, I remember when the, uh, with the softball dunk, you remember you pick, a, pick somebody and you get, they sit in the, in the uh, on the little platform above the water and you have to throw the softball and you hit the target and it drops them into the dunk. Yes, remember like do dunk, a dunk I remember Scott Baio was up and he got to pick somebody, and like the, like the marketing genius that he is, he said, I want Heather Thomas and Heather Locklear to sit up there.
1: Oh, my God. It's, and, a, it's, a, it's a hottie sandwich.
0: But Heather, the both Heathers, the two of the Heathers, the, 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 the Heather... the, and was, the Heather, was,
1: Yeah, Heather Thomas and
0: Heather Locklear. They Heather were, Thomas they the from, two. The, the, from The Fall Guy and Heather Locklear from Dynasty, of course, at the time. And, uh, that was, and he dunked them. And I was standing maybe seven feet away. It was, it's a memory. It just it lingers with me. It really is one of those special things from my adolescence. It really and, is. And
1: then if you saw a picture of Heather Thomas yes. right now, you would probably scream. Run screaming.
0: <laughs> well, Actually, no. You know leave, She used to have a house on... Um, leave me with my memories, please. She
1: used to have a house, uh, maybe she still does, on San Vicente... Mm. Uh, in Santa Monica Yeah One of those Like when you're going west Down San Vicente On the, on the right side of the street Sure All those gated houses Where they're oh, all she they're, one of those They're all obscured in trees And you can't really tell What they look like Reardon, but you know Reardon has really, one of those Richard
0: Reardon Yeah Former
1: LA mayor Yeah Wow yeah. very exciting
0: uh, Alright oh, Has the show started yet? Show started What? Yeah. By the way Did you, did you hear about the, uh, the, the, the Well not that Diana The killer of bus drivers Huh? Have you heard about this?
1: Oh, my gosh. In
0: Ciudad Juarez, this has nothing to do with movies, it's just a cool story. Look, I made your glasses fall off. In Ciudad Juarez, the, uh, the the Mexican border town, apparently for years there has been this epidemic of sexual assaults on women. Because I guess there's a makeup industry or something down there and they, and they, they, can, and they work late and all these women, can, they have to take buses home at night. And so for years there were like mutilated bodies showing up And the last note they ever had was that they'd, you know, they'd gotten on the bus And so the thought is that there are all these bus drivers Who are just you know, sexually assaulting women And uh, like last week on consecutive days A woman dressed all in black Wearing blonde hair Could be a wig, could be dyed, nobody knows uh, Came up to a bus, started to get on Pulls out a gun, plugs the bus driver twice in the head Kills him Two bus drivers, dead And then, like, a note shows up to the press saying, you know, signed saying, we've been taking enough of this. We're going to take matters into our own hands. Women are not as weak as you think. Signed, Diana Huntress of Bus Drivers.
1: You know, when you walked in.
0: Pretty awesome, right?
1: When you walked in today, you said, we have so much to talk about.
0: (laughs) I know. And yet, here we are. Okay.
1: Oh, my scone's ready.
0: Oh, jeez. Now, you can't have the scone. Okay, fine. It is
1: a... it is Because it has bacon in it. And you, All right, you, you will get like the bacon.
0: scone. I will just cover a few little uh, tidbits. Like, for example, are the winners of our Amour... Uh, Excuse me while
1: I get my scone.
0: Yeah, you do that. Winners of our Amour uh, DVD giveaway contest, uh, Todd Cassell, Daniel Clark, mm. long-time listeners uh, Mario Mendez and Cheval Dixon got in there, and Roy Rodriguez. So, uh, congratulations, guys, for... Uh, for, for playing and congratulations on your new DVDs of Amour, the brilliant Michael Haneke film, uh, Academy Award winner and Cannes Film Festival winner coming your way, courtesy of Sony Classics. And then um, also uh, Mario asked us to uh, also uh, give him a plug, his brother Mike's movie, Big Ass Spider is going to be released in theaters and VOD on uh, the 18th of October. So I, I know nothing about Big Ass Spider, but um, Mario, let us know how we can get a copy of that and uh, you know, discuss it on the show if possible. Uh, Big Ass Spider. Sounds cool. Good name. Good title. Also, uh, just a few little, a um, couple of listener mails worth reading. One from Sean, Dear Wade and Mark. Mark, you listening? Yes, I am. Okay, good. It is with great sadness that I announce I am dying. I'm not sick or anything, but I've reached the age of 50, and like my father, who died at the age of 94, I can feel the icy fingers of the Grim Reaper approaching. I might have a yay, I might have another 44 years, I just don't know. My final wish is to recommend a movie to the two of you, as you have both recommended so many to me. My three favorite movies that I can watch over and over again are Ed Wood, Up in the Air, and... The Last Man, starring Jerry Ryan and David Arnott. The disc sells for 84 cents to $12 on Amazon, or you could put it in your Netflix queue, or you could ask J.J. Abrams to get it for you for your birthday. Seriously, it's a great little movie, and don't you love watching great little movies that no one else knows about? Have to go now, feel a sharp pain. Ugh. I love that email. Thank you, Sean. You know what? I uh, have never heard of the movie, but I checked it out, and uh, Last Man looks like it's got all kinds of great comments on Amazon and it's one of those little discoveries that might be worth taking a look at and then also yes nothing oh okay keep going All right. and then we also got uh, got an email from Al in uh, San Francisco stop or ignore me if my emails are wearing you out your opinions on Peter Bogdanovich's adaptation of Daisy Miller I'm not only moved by the work itself, especially its last fade-to-white scene, but also genuinely impressed or inspired by Peter Bogdanovich's deliberate, near-selfish maneuver to follow up his more mainstream What's Up Doc and Paper Moon with this Merchant Ivory-ish project when it wasn't quite the art house fashion until the early 1980s. Bogdanovich got, Bogdanovich got absolutely no love from audiences or critics for the film. A common but erroneous accusation was that he took liberties with Henry James's dialogue and modernized it. But uh, he did nothing of the kind. In fact, uh, in terms specifically of brave, singular, unwavering, inspiring career decisions, I regard two specific Bogdanovich projects equally with John Cassavetes' entire oeuvre: Juan Wises Happy Together, Floyd Mutrux's Dusty and Sweet's McGee, Frank Capra's The Bitter Tea of General Yen, Peter Watkins' entire career, Daisy Miller, and the criminally overlooked obscure Saint Jack. Any you realize real-
1: who uh, who starred in uh, um, Daisy Miller? Eileen
0: yeah. Brennan, who died recently. Oh, my gosh, that's right. You know, uh, and you, you will be able to put that microphone back on your, on your person at some I,
1: point. Well, I have to get
0: my scone. Oh, get your scone. But anyway, no, it's true. And then, of course, he wants to know if St. Jack is going to uh, come up with a cleaned-up version. I wouldn't um, bank on it anytime super soon, but St. Jack is part of the Corman um, collection. So at some point, Corman's going to get around to releasing a, a Blu-ray of that through Shout Factory. Probably, which is is the new contract. Um, as for Daisy Miller, you know, what? I think it's an okay film, but I think I think um, Sybil Shepherd is, is is weak in it. Um, good, I mean, it's a good movie, you know, Henry James, you can't go wrong. But uh, it, Sybil Shepherd is the weak link there for me. But you know, uh, I think it's a, it's certainly a, an interesting choice for Bogdanovich. A lot of people love it. What can I say? All right, you want to get your scone and I'll, just, I'll start off on some television? Yes,
1: people want to hear okay, DVD fine. recommendations where we, you're wasting we've got, your time we've with got, the woman who shot the guy in the yeah, bus or something. I know. Uh,
0: yeah, I uh, Diana, Huntress of uh, Bus Drivers. It's going to be a graphic novel next week. Um, we've got a, a, just a friggin' crap load of, of television and a lot of this arrived like in the last 48 hours. And uh, so I'm going to be honest, we have not <laughs> had ample time to look at much of this. But, um, you know, we, we, we've d- d- just given a, a cursory look to some of it, some of the extras. But, man, this is just a gigantic, massive pile of television because so much of this stuff is coming back on uh, with the new seasons. So we're going uh, to blow through this and, and get you all uh, all set up. Scandal, big deal on ABC. Uh, from Shonda Rhimes, who of course created Grey's Anatomy. This, was, this is her new hit, which apparently is now bigger than uh, Grey's Anatomy ever was. So Shonda Rhimes is like a list showrunner now. That woman can put anything on television that she wants. Pretty great. Uh, this is the complete second season of Scandal. And uh, you know what? It, it's, uh, it's scandalous. Uh, the, uh, the whole political thing that it's got going on, you know, the, uh, it's, it's politics and sex. What can I tell you? And uh, it's really made Carrie Washington quite a, uh, a star. The woman had a really good career going, kind of, you know, as, as playing wives and girlfriends and whatnot. Shauna Ryan stuck her in this show. Man, she is through the roof. She is all over the place now. So she's on mm-hmm. magazine covers. She's Smell a big Smell that. Yeah. Okay, that's great. It smells like bacon. It smells, what does that have on Onions? Bacon? It peppers? has
1: everything that is delicious in the world.
0: You're a strange man. Anyway, uh, bonus features here on this uh, And by the way, Tony Goldwyn This kind of resurrected his career too He was like the, uh, the horrible person in Ghost for a long time He directed a couple of movies that went nowhere And now he's like, uh, he's the shiznit Anyway, bonus features here uh, Mostly, um, mostly feature ready stuff And uh, an extended finale Some deleted scenes and outtakes That I took a look at it Did not impress me enormously But it's Scandal, what do you want it, People are gonna, people love it I love this show, Mark
1: I, I, you know what? People do love this show. Okay. And you know what? I, I'm starting to hear more good things about Oranges and the New Black, which I haven't checked out yet.
0: Neither have I, but, uh, you know, Women in Prison, I still remember the... Uh, You're thinking Corman. I'm thinking uh, Prisoner Cell Block H, you remember that? It was like the, uh, the soap opera, the Women in Prison soap opera. It was kind of like a Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, with like, uh, kind of... Is Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman on DVD? It's coming out. The complete series. Really? Yes. Just announced like four days ago. How about Fernwood Tonight? no. Not yet. Eventually, Castle, another ABC show. Um, this is uh, this is now out in its complete fifth season. I never in a million years would have imagined that this show would be sticking around this long. Um, you know, basically, Castle is it, Castle does that that thing that you know Glenn Gordon Caron excelled at for so long with Remington Steel and moonlighting and countless other shows, and uh, that's fine. You know, it's the tension between the uh, the two characters. It is. Um, it's, it's fun. A lot of good banter on this show. And um, same with any bonus features here. It's deleted scenes, bloopers, some audio commentaries, a bunch of featurettes. And then uh, moving along, Army Wives is now in its seventh season, which is another thing that kind of blows my mind. You know, Lloyd shot a bunch of these. I think, really? he, still, I think he still does. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I, I, seven seasons of Army Wives? Like, How did that sneak in there?
1: Well, I mean, look, how, how good does Army Wives have to do in order to get picked up? I, I don't know. Probably does very well in, you know, probably does very well in the South.
0: Well, but it, 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 that's the thing. I mean, it's an ABC show, so it's like, you know, the, the the demands for the network shows, because their saturation is so much greater, are are huge compared to things like uh, AMC. AMC doesn't have to get ridiculous numbers watching its shows, yet they do. You know, there's a lesson there. I don't know what it is. Anyway, not much by way of extras here, just uh, bloopers and deleted scenes. That's a little disappointing. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, there it is. Army wives, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, army wives. It's been around forever. Okay, let's talk for a second about Sons of Anarchy. Season five. Uh, this this includes the exclusive creators cut, extended episodes, creators cut, not director's cut, creators cut. Now, you, you realize, it's a showrunner thing.
1: Do you realize who uh, that show stars?
0: Yes. Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam, who was so awesome as the Joker when he won an Oscar in, uh, in uh, The Dark Knight. He was. He was good. He was. He was good. I admit it. Okay, Mark, why don't you tell us uh, the real reason that Charlie, Charlie Hunnam, the, uh, the Heath Ledger lookalike, is now a big deal.
1: Because he's going to play Christian Grey in the film adaptation of... Fifty Shades of Grey.
0: I could not be more disinterested. And the woman who's playing uh, the the female lead is uh, that 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 hag who was created by uh, the unholy union of um, Melanie Griffith and. Uh, well, that girl's beautiful. I'm, I'm I'm being funny. Oh, good. Thank you, uh, Melanie Griffith and uh, Don Johnson. We people. That's I... their daughter.
1: It is their daughter. Uh, I, I have no interest because I have no interest you, you know in the what book, freaks me
0: out? You know what freaks me out is I is I remember an interview with Don Johnson where he was saying, Well, you know, my little girl asked me the other day, Daddy, are we rich? And I thought for a second, I thought I better say no, no, we're not. And then I just dawned on me, I'm like, Holy crap, that little girl is now gonna be doing nasty things and I'm just I feel violated. I you know, look. I don't care about that. Why is everybody all hot and bothered about because the, the that? Because that thing's
1: with with a segment of the population. We're not yeah. that thing was a phenomenon. Why? It's like Twilight. We don't get Twilight, but a segment of the population we're not Why? was obsessed
0: it, with it. Because because it's dirty.
1: Yes, it's it just it just it tapped into that middle aged woman malaise, you know, seven year itch, whatever thing, whatever. and uh, you know, it was incredibly okay, sexy. Fine. And
0: well, Charlie Hunnam, Sons of Anarchy. And uh, you know what? I mean, it's a well-done show. I've never really gotten this show. Kurt Sutter created it, and he did a, a whole bunch. Of, this is a little more raw than it is uh, when it shows up on FX. But uh, it's you know, it's well done. It's an interesting idea—the whole you know, biker gang thing. Um, everybody gets to be grungy and dirty, and I'm sure they probably have a ridiculous. Uh, there he is. There, there he is. Look, look, look. He's 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 he's, he's he is he's, he's so Ledger. dreamy. He's Heath, he's Heath Ledger. He is. He's a Heath Ledger look-alike. Uh, but again, not my, not exactly my deal. But this is on Blu-ray and it is good looking, good looking Blu-ray. Also, really good looking Blu-ray is complete first season of Sinbad, uh, which uh, is a BBC show that uh, kind of attempts to do the, um, it's you know, it's the fantasy thing that everybody's all hot and bothered about. And uh, you know, it's not exactly the Sinbad of lore. But uh, it it kind of does a good job of going where shows like I don't know Game of Thrones and Rome and uh, a lot of the uh, the kind of the, the mythological exotic uh, locale shows have gone. They, they do a good job of it. It's really high production value. Some great uh, some great acting. Writing leaves a little bit to be desired. But uh, you know it's uh, it's set in the eighth century of uh, Arabia with a lot of people who are clearly not Arabs and. Um, all right. So that's Sinbad, complete first season. Oh, extras. Very little. Uh, three featurettes. That's it. Done. Mark.
1: Enlightened might have won Laura Dern a uh, Golden Globe, but it didn't uh, earn a third season. Nope. So we have the complete second season of Enlightened on DVD, not Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I did like about this show is that I like the um, the cast. I like Mike White, right? Who,
0: who, yeah. who does like Mike White? No, no, I like Mike White. Jonathan
1: Demme directed a couple of these. Uh, Nicole Holofstiner. Oh, did he really? Yeah.
0: You know, Nicole Holofstiner has a new film coming out on the uh, 20th. It's the uh, James Gandolfini deal. His last film. Is that right? Yep.
1: Um, <clears throat> so there's some good pedigree on the show. I just ne- it never really... You know, the, the, the problem with the HBO shows is that they either have to be amazing or they fall off the radar. I know. There's no middle ground. No. There's no like little engine that could no. sort of HBO no. show anymore. No. They got to be phenomenons like Game of Thrones or Sopranos, or that's it.
0: Yeah, or Six Feet Under, or yeah, it's it, no, that's true. The HBO stuff, it's got to be, it's got to be a home run. If it's if it's just an average HBO show, people are like, well, then why am I why am I getting HBO? I can watch you know an average show on FX or AMC. You no,
1: know, we we were talking about uh, The Big Bang Theory uh, before the show.
0: Yes, we were. You don't get it.
1: I was saying, I just this show is terrible. This, I just think the show is dreadful. The writing is dreadful. The writing is dreadful. I don't get it. I don't know why people laugh. I know. It seems like when I when I watch this show, it just seems like these are the scripts that would be cranked out by like first year screenwriting TV screenwriting students.
0: I know. I agree. Yeah, it's
1: a Mr. Spock joke. Yeah, they're dressed like Smurfs. Ah, it's a Star Trek thing. They're doing a Star Trek thing My Star I Trek. Know. thing. I know. The worst. And the whole thing with uh, the the Jim Parsons, I mean, whatever, he's fine, and I just think the show's
0: terrible. I know. Uh,
1: The Complete Sixth Season is on um, DVD. A couple good special features, if you like the show, which, of course, I don't. Um, But you know what, the Paley Fest thing is good. You know, uh, here in uh, Beverly Hills, they have a, a museum of
0: television. Yes. And every year they That's have this right. thing called the Paley Fest. That's the Paley right.
1: Fest, you get all the stars and all the showrunners and the writers from these shows. They do a whole big song and dance about, uh, it's like a Q&A and sure. a speech. And they get up on stage, they talk about their show, the whole thing. And that, that can be very interesting. These guys, of course, don't deserve that sort of honor, but they got it. And um, it's on the uh, uh, DVD. Anyway, nice show.
0: Very nice. Thank you. Um, you know, Mark, I'm going to uh, talk about some old classic television here for a second. Everything else that we're talking about today is, uh, is new school, but this is old school. First off, we've got a Blu-ray here. This is uh, Star Trek Origins, the original series. Kirk, Spock, Pike, Khan, Klingons, Tribbles. Spock. It, it's, it's, it's real stretch. It, it, clearly, this is uh, being released to pump something else we'll be talking about this week, which is uh, Star Trek Into Darkness 3D. And there's some controversy with that that we will get into. But uh, clearly they were like, oh gosh, there's a thing that to do with the Star Trek Into Darkness. Maybe we can uh, try to piggyback that and, uh, I don't know, throw a... Let's, let's see if we can peddle an, a disc from the old series. that talks about origins, one of which kind of ties in. But uh, let's not be so obvious that, every, that it gets ahead of us. So, uh, yeah, one of these things, one of these things ties in with Star Trek Into Darkness. Is it Kirk? Is it Spock? Well, clearly. But what about the it's others? It's Pike? Well, he was in the last film. Khan? Maybe. Klingons? Tribbles? I don't know. Anyway, uh, so yes, you get the cage, which is the pilot that was eventually folded into the menagerie, uh, where no man has gone before, uh, Space Seed, Errand of Mercy, and the trouble with Tribbles. And I think that is a an utterly bizarre collection of episodes to just throw onto a random disc it's, it's basically every every
1: it's every <laughs> original episode you need to see in order to understand into darkness y- y-
0: yes, but it's 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 also just a random bunch of episodes that really don't belong together
1: yeah, but it's star Trek
0: silly, just silly anyway. Nonsense! Twilight Zone fifth season out again. This is uh, again. Image is releasing these things in uh, in short order to get them uh, out in uh, chronological order, and uh, thirty six episodes from the phenomenal fifth season and some really great stuff in here. I, it's just amazing. I don't know
1: why you would buy these DVDs when you can just buy just to buy the Blu Ray
0: for? Well, because the same some price. people don't have a Blu Ray player. You know, they they're just they're it's, they're it's this is the uh, this is more affordably priced. It's out again for people who uh, have never seen any of these. Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Love it. William Shatner flipping out. Gremlin on the on the wing. Awesome. Uh, a Kind of Stopwatch. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. Living. God, I love these scoundrels. Living so Doll. Living Doll. Remember Living Doll? Yeah, Doll. it's Talking Tina. Oh, I'm Talking Tina. It's nice I'm going olives. to murder you. And um, uh, I Am the Night. I Am the Night, Color Me Black. The Masks. Remember The Masks? The guy, he's reading his will and... He, he's dead and everybody puts the masks on and then it like shows their inner self and it distorts their faces so witch awesome. uh, and awesome uh, and wait just
1: read every episode tiled off the okay fine anyway
0: some really good episodes there good stuff fun stuff The Office of Season 9 Wade and then uh, oh yeah fine Office of Season 9 talk wait a minute I was gonna. I was gonna mention. Is that the, what I think it is? Yes, it is. The, Are you complete fu- me? the complete fourth season of It Is Enough, which is out <laughs> from uh, Warner Archive. Warner Archive. You know, a lot of the Warner Brothers uh, produced stuff that is just kind of they figure nobody remembers this show, so they put out they put out a lot of these shows. I on remember this show. It is oh enough. My God. Yeah. So I Are didn't even read Dick Van Patten. This has been out. They've been kind of blowing these out on from Warner Archive for a couple of years, and I, I wasn't even aware of it. So yeah, there we go. We now,
1: did you know that the, that the first two were even out?
0: They look. No, I didn't. I had no idea. I had no clue. That's why I recommend that people go to Warner Archive and see what they've got on TV there. Because some of your favorite TV shows that you might have assumed have not been put out, if they were created and, and uh, or, uh, produced by Warner Brothers, they may very well be out. So you've got to go to Warner. From
1: 1977 to yep.
0: 1981. WarnerArchive.com. Got to go check it out and uh, see what's out there. There's a lot of other cool stuff out there. Anyway, but yeah, Eight is Enough, man. That show was the biggest deal for the longest time. I
1: used to watch this show. It was terrible. These shows are all terrible. I I bet it'd be agony to watch this.
0: Dick Van Patten is a master thespian, and I will not have you badmouth him on this show.
1: Willie Ames. Adam Rich Rich was the... uh, I know. He was like kind of the younger generation's like Gary Coleman short, weird guy. Adam Rich. Let's see. How old is Adam? He was so cute back then.
0: Yeah, he ain't cute no more. Uh, Personal life. No, he's he's messed up now. He
1: currently occasionally makes personal appearances and has marketing script ideas for TV shows and films. Yeah. In 2002, he was arrested for drunk driving. Yeah. He's been in drug rehab three times.
0: <laughs> anyway, so Eight is Enough, uh, the, uh, the complete fourth season, parts one and two shrink-wrapped together. And uh, yeah, Willie Ames, you know, a lot of, before he did uh, the Scott Baio deal. And uh, Dick Van Patten, who is just, uh, he's, he's a mighty force of nature, Dick Van Patten. Not a bad show at all. It wasn't a bad show. I mean, it probably it's, it's kind of cheesy when you watch it now. but It's like watching The Waltons. Actually, The Waltons. Walt- you know, I I bet
1: The Waltons is good only because it's probably pretty... Waltons is
0: really good. Timelessly it is. lame. It,
1: is. it was lame then. It's probably lame now. Just, <laughs> okay, lame. just timelessly lame. All right.
0: Office, bro. Uh,
1: the Office, uh, season nine. This is the final season of the show. You finally get to see the documentary that they spent you know eight years doing. Uh, you know, the show, I have to say, was kind of running out of steam at this point. It's mostly about uh, the relationship between uh, uh, what's her name and what's his name. You can quote me on that, by the way. Okay. (laughs) You want to watch the other night? I watched the the final episode of Futurama. Oh, oh yeah. Futurama was canceled finally. I know. I know. After like nine seasons.
0: Did they meet the Jetsons? No. Okay.
1: Uh, And I have to say that um, the final episode not that great. I think the show had officially has officially run out of steam, and it just comes just comes grinding to a halt in the last episode, which was uh, not that funny and. It was not even that melancholy or sad, which uh, the show surprisingly is good at, which is being, uh, you know, pretty emotional, getting into its characters and having these kind of emotional moments. The show's surprisingly good at that, but uh, Mm. this final episode of Futurama was not that great. Mm. Um, Anyway, The Office Season 9, you know, if you've got all eight at this point, you might as well get the ninth. There's a blooper reel. There's some cast farewells, which is kind of nice. There's some audition tapes that they dug out of the archives. So There you go. You get to see what's his name and what's her name get married.
0: Nah, yeah, it's nice, fantastic. Grey's
1: Anatomy. You were just talking about Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. And uh, you now Sandra Oh has left this show.
0: Yeah.
1: I remember when McDreamy, uh, what's his name, McDreamy. I remember when he said that he, the only reason he does the show is because like car racing is really expensive. Because <laughs> he has like this car racing hobby. <laughs> He's like you know, the only reason I do the show is because car racing is really expensive. And I need to work. <laughs> and that really pissed off a lot of the fans. You of the know show. what?
0: Too bad. Awesome. Anyway, this I, was nice with, I was with this show for a few seasons, and then it was just—it was just McSteamy, McDreamy, McSteamy, McDreamy. It got old.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of lab coats and uh, and uh, doctors and sex, and, exactly.
0: Yeah, whatever. Uh, Vampire Diaries. You know, here, here's here's three shows that actually go perfectly well together. Vampire Diaries is in its fourth season, and which means they're in senior year now. Woo, senior year! I don't know where this is going to go now. Um, it's Just beautiful. A lot of beautiful people who are uh, who are vampires are turning into vampires. it's just you know, I, I guess if I were to watch every single episode of this damn show and uh, and kind of try to get the vibe, it would probably kind of soak in and I'd, I'd, I'd love it. But it, it just strikes me as yet another one of these kind of CWE shows where it's a lot of beautiful people and we're still trying to ride the, the, the vampire sexy bandwagon. I just don't get it. It just is not compelling to me. Um, there are a ton of featurettes on here and they are all geared toward people who just think these, these actors are, are totally important and they're all meaningless to me. So, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not totally into it, but I will tell you, the, uh, the combo pack, Blu-ray, DVD, and Ultraviolet, so that you can make this thing follow you around everywhere and carry it on every device that you want and watch it on your damn phone on the bus or on the plane or whatever, uh, it's really nicely done. The Ultraviolet is really first-rate, uh, and, and uh, I've been trying to look at more of the Ultraviolet stuff. Also, really, really impressive on the Ultraviolet end, another one of these CW shows, Supernatural, 8th season. Uh, more coming coming back again uh, for its ninth season on the CW, and uh, this, this is just yet another one of those shows. It's just beautiful people and uh, genre storytelling, and it's uh, it just I, I don't get it. It's not not interesting to me. But that being said, the uh, the featurettes here are better, much more uh, involved. So they put in higher production effort into these featurettes, and uh, the ultraviolet looks absolutely pristine. And then uh, lastly, another show on a, a great Blu-ray, DVD, Ultraviolet combo pack with first-rate Ultraviolet and really, really great-looking Blu-ray is uh, Revolution, first season. And uh, I don't like the show. I think it's kind of a... This is a JJ show. And uh, it's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, it's a little bit cheesy. It's, it's post-apocalyptic cheesy. It's like they said, why don't we do a thing with Lost except the world has ended. Well, it—I it, mean—they try hard to give it production value, but it just—it still strikes me as just kind of soapy and cheesy. And Do you think JJ's richer than God? I know. So anyway, Star they,
1: Wars and Star
0: Trek—they've got uh, some stuff on the creating of the thing. Somebody
1: we went to school with.
0: A bit on the pilot, and Star then there's Wars an exclusive Star on the Trek. Blu-ray.
1: Can you imagine if they gave him James Bond too?
0: From the 2013 Paley Fest.
1: We just talked about the Paley Fest.
0: Yeah, they should give him James Bond.
1: Why not? Can you imagine if he does every single gigantic b- franchise ever?
0: Let him do Avengers. Give, give him James Bond, Avengers, Star Wars, Star Trek. What else can we give him? Rocky. <laughs> Let him do the next Rocky film. Okay. Let him do Rocky. Yeah, in this is gonna be another Rocky film. Get him do Rocky in space. Alien versus Predator versus Rocky versus.
1: See, you know when they did Terminator. That, they, Terminator. They give, oh, you give him the Terminator
0: and Alien. An Alien. Give Why him the not?
1: Terminator, Alien, Star Wars, Star Trek, James Bond. Yeah. Why
0: not? He can do two movies a year.
1: We went to school with him.
0: And Avengers. Let him do it. Rock on. Uh,
1: the League, complete fourth season. This is um, the FX show about uh, guys, men, and their artisery football yes. league. Um, you know, this is obviously meant for... You know, you know what? There's an interesting um, trend going on in sitcoms, which is uh, sitcoms about men. Yes. There's actually a sitcom coming out next, next couple weeks. Called, I think it's called We Are Men. Yes. And then there was the one... That had the one sheet that was a ripoff of The Hangover. Yeah, I forgot the name of that show. I think it was on NBC. Right, that thing flamed out. So suddenly, it's like the m- moment of the men to have their own sitcoms. Oh, Maybe well, because good. they realize that sitcoms are probably seen a lot mostly by Wonderful. women, and they want to bring more men to the sitcom fold. Of course, they've already crunched those numbers. Uh, this has um, this has cult show written all over it. Um, I, I, you know, I come from this rotisserie world, although I haven't been part of a rotisserie league for a long time, but um, I get it. Uh, these guys are, you know, they're, they're lovable losers, they're always the butt of the joke, which is kind of fun. So there, there's, there's some good stuff in it, and the good thing is that, one thing I do like about the show is that it doesn't try to get too overly sitcom mm-hmm. you know, it sort of lets things, even though it's kind of crass, a lot of the jokes are crass, a bunch of bros talking about uh, their genitals and whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's not all that like bum bum which I kind of appreciate. But uh, yeah, this thing has cult all over it, and the new season premieres in October on FX. It's always sunny in Philadelphia now in its 7,000th season.
0: I, I've never enjoyed this show, and I know it kind of got on the air in a fluke. It was like a they, they shot something on, on VHS and then you know transferred it to Beta and sent it to somebody via courier, and somebody saw it and said, "That's damn funny. Let's make a show out of it." That's, I don't. It's
1: that's what it is. That's what happened. Yeah. I, I I actually went to a uh, I don't know why I went to this. I think I was bored. Because I hadn't really seen the show, seen the show at this time, but I went to a uh, talk with the makers of the show, including mm-hmm. some of these guys who started in the original, um, the original you know, YouTube video, and they said that Danny DeVito did it because he wanted to. It wasn't, he, it wasn't like they got on TV because somebody knew Danny DeVito. He wasn't Danny DeVito wasn't somebody's uncle. It was just it either came to them. I forgot either either through their agency or whatever it was, and Danny just wanted to do it. Because you know, I mean, Danny DeVito had not done a sitcom since. Right. Pretty much since Taxi, mm-hmm. you know, and here he is doing this show, and uh, he's, he's stuck with it, and the show is moves along. People love it. it well, you, know, you know what it is? Some, some networks are okay with small, rabid followings.
0: I would prefer that Danny DeVito not do that show and go back to directing movies. Yes,
1: like Throw That's Mama from the Train.
0: Like Michael Douglas' War of the Roses. War of the Roses, oh, it's my hilarious. Gosh, it's a great movie.
1: Even producing, look, you know, if it wasn't, him, if it wasn't for him, like Get Shorty, as because uh, you know, Jersey Films was back in the day, I
0: know.
1: huge company, doing great films.
0: Got three shows here that are all about the people who take our tax dollars and uh, and and are paid with them, uh, who get public pensions. You know what? If you're really upset that Rescue Me, the Dennis, the, the, uh, Dennis Leary uh, firefighter show, that kind of was a big deal after 9/11, uh, that you know ended its decade-long run, and you're thinking, I got to have me some firefighter, I got to have some firefighter TV. What am I going to do? Well, you know what? Dick Wolf to the rescue because Dick Wolf has given us season one of Chicago Fire. And it comes back on NBC uh, momentarily. And um, it, it, you know what? Damn it, Dick Wolf. You, you Somehow you keep striking gold because this is actually one of his better shows. Uh, even though I am not sick of Law & Order, uh, having seen every single episode 975,000 times because that's what you do when your wife's pregnant, and you just sit around waiting and waiting and waiting every single day for the for the baby to come, and you, you just you just watch the whatever episode of Law and Order is on television at any given hour of the day because there are nine networks that are always showing Law and Order all day long I, every day. I'll tell
1: you something. So yesterday, this is this is a, a part of Mark that yes. I, I have not admitted, and I just I admitted it to you Go ahead. today. Do it. Yesterday, for the first time in my life, you're all going to be flabbergasted. I got a DVR. Yeah. Never had a DVR. Well, it's not like you've ever needed one. So I got a DVR. Of Mm -hmm. course, the DVR doesn't freaking work. It's not (laughs) recording shows. And I don't know what I'm going to do now because it's a pain in the ass. But anyway, so um, I got the TV on for like two hours trying to figure this thing out, which which I still have not figured out. And there's a Law & Order on, just on the random channel. There always
0: is. Like I said, there's nine channels that are always showing Law & Order at any given time.
1: I had never really seen a Law & Order. It's just not my thing. And it looks so formulaic. Like that. Who's the guy, Chris Knoth? Is that a Chris Knoth?
0: Yeah, he's one of them. He's one of the like 97 detectives on the show. <laughs>
1: he's at some furniture store and he's looking at the hinge yeah, on the uh, on the on the little drawer. That's he goes, what they do. Look, this is a this, this is a Meridian seven hinge. Excuse me, furniture lady, can you uh, who may who manufactures uh, uh, drawers with a Meridian That's five thousand hinge? Oh, well, there's only three manufacturers in the Greater New York area that does uh, manufacture with a Meridian five thousand hinge. I know. And it's then he just work. goes off and does his thing. That's
0: police work. That's it's what they the
1: did. It was like a close-up of his little hand going over the hinge.
0: Yeah. See, Look what is see,
1: this hinge? See, it's a Meridian hinge.
0: This is why. This is why I always enjoyed the cop shows that we grew up with back in the day. And I'm going to say back in the day, so I don't actually say the decade. But you know what I'm talking about. When Starsky and Hutch, you know how they did police work? They bust some chops. You know how Beretta would do police work? He, he, he. Well, he his wife's chops eventually. But he, you know, he'd like dress up like a woman and put a parrot on his shoulder and do all kinds of interesting. How'd Magnum do it? You know, he'd call TC and they'd fly around in a chopper, and uh, he'd drive a Ferrari. I mean, come on! Screw the police work. Give me some. Give me some fun stuff. Now
1: they stare at hinges. Thank That's you. what they do now. They stare at hinges. That's they how they solve the problem. Anyway,
0: speaking of, now that we've gone totally afield. Uh, Chicago Fire season one, good show. Uh, let's see where it goes in subsequent seasons. Not a lot here. There are some uh, behind the scenes things and Otis's podcasts. And here's what I think is really cheesy. All of Universal shows their whole. You know what, Universal. His, Universal has a website for their shows now. You know what the website, you know what the URL is? It's like, come on, Universal, seriously? This is really, this is what you... Who came up with this? GreatTVShows.com. But not just shows, It's Great-TV-Shows.com. Worst URL ever. Get rid of that.
1: Right now, I'm going to go to GreatTVShows.com without the hyphens. Okay, more public service people. Uh, Parks shows. and
0: Recreation, Season 5. Uh, you know what, this show has never quite worked for me I love everyone on this show But it still just strikes me like All these, all these like pseudo-documentary format things That have all ripped off The Office And that includes Modern Family Even though everybody loves it It's still it's the same problem for me I just still feel like this is that same deal uh, and yeah, there are dot right.
1: greattvshows.com is some you, It's obnoxious it's, it's an URL where people squat Or somebody's squatting But great-tv-shows.com yeah. is universal
0: Yeah so anyway Parks and Recreation Amy Poehler always great everything else in the show a little bit uneven um, there, there is uh, there's some great stuff with Patton Oswalt in this season I mean really just classic stuff and uh, tons and tons of deleted scenes and extras on this thing an hour and a half that you, you'll never get through but the reason the only the, the main reason for this is the Patton Oswalt filibuster episode that is on this season and it is ju- the Citizen filibuster where he just ad-libs that whole Star Wars spiel fantastic that's great TV. Even if the rest of the season's a little uh, uneven. And then uh cops. We always got to have a good cop show. Blue Bloods third season. Speaking of Magnum PI, uh that damn Tom Selleck does not age. I just do not know what the deal is, but uh, I love Donnie Wahlberg, I love uh Tom Selleck. Uh the show is is surprisingly decent. And um, you know, I uh, third third season in I've seen enough episodes to kind of you know get the get the chemistry and the and the familial relationships and all that junk, and um, you know what uh, it, it's uh, it, it's pretty decent. It's a pretty decent show. So this is going to be around for a while. I have a feeling Tom Selleck just anchors these shows with a with a calm and a cool reserve. The guy is just he's a pillar. He's just a freaking pillar. <laughs> and uh, then a couple more. Um, I'm going to let Mark dwell on the show that he loves so much but uh, Spartacus War of the Damned uh, from Stars. you know they have kept this Spartacus train going for so long uh, again I've, you know it's it, it, not my favorite show but it is it is awfully well done and it really is really well done and when you see it on Blu-ray it looks so much better than it does in broadcast on Stars. just the, 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 they, you can tell they really really put their uh, they really piled some money into this show uh, it's, it, it still feels a little bit too much to me, like, uh, you know, 300, the TV series. But that being said, uh, there's some very good stuff in it. And some great bonus features here. Excellent, excellent featurettes that are like little mini documentaries. They did more than EPK stuff. And uh, on the Blu-ray version, you get some really, really good audio commentaries. And uh, episodes that are longer than they normally are on Stars, which is what we call an extended episode. Last of Television, Mark, wrap us out.
1: Thank goodness. Yes. Wade, we have Haven.
0: Oh, thank goodness. Haven is a
1: sci-fi show, which means that it is one of those uh, weird Canadian-American co-productions that nobody understands. uh, And they seem seem like regular American shows, but just a little more retarded. Yeah. Like, they're almost like the slow-witted cousin of the smart guy. Yeah. That's what Canadian-American shows are. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, but Haven, if nothing else, it is based on uh, a Stephen King novel, which is cool. And, uh, of course, there's, it's all about... Str- Every Stephen King book is about strange events in a small town.
0: I know. That's what he does. I know.
1: Now, here, the uh, strange events in a small town is... Um, it's in Maine.
0: Okay. <laughs> He's, you know what? You know what? That's why Stephen King... Mark, yeah. look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. Stephen King's my main man. Eh. You looked away. Wait, what does that mean? It's it set in Maine. I'm just... Who are you? I'm, I am don't know. Okay.
1: Anyway, there's an FBI agent uh, played by that... Uh, I, forgot, I forgot her name. Oh, the, the pretty girl. Oh, Emily Rose. Uh, and she winds up in Maine and there's all sorts of supernatural stuff going on. She's got to figure it out. So, um, you know, I just don't understand. These shows seem like a dime a dozen and Haven is one of them. You know, you can always kind of tell which which characters and which storylines have that sort of Stephen King mm-hmm. creativity twist coolness to it, and then which one is like the writers who think they're Stephen King but they're not, trying to fill out a whole season. Um, bonus features include a documentary on uh, the making of the show and some interviews, and uh, there you go. Yep. Not a big fan of Haven.
0: No. All right, Mark, we're going to talk about new movies now. I'm going to let you... Start the conversation. Now, now, first of all, we're going to talk about Star Trek Into Darkness 3D, which is uh, which we have in a Blu-ray, 3D, Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy, ultraviolet combo deal. Uh, everything is piled onto this. And you think, oh my gosh, it's great, I've got to go out and get it, I've got to go out and get it. It's got the Blu-ray 3D on one, and the regular Blu-ray on another, and the feature film on DVD on a third disc, and it's got all these great extras. Oh my gosh! What extras does it have? Well, uh, they're they're totally copying to the Khan thing. So the this is no longer a secret now. They assume the secret's out, so we can we can just declare to everybody that Benedict Cumberbatch plays Khan, um, even though there's nothing about him that looks anything remotely like Bern, uh, Ricardo Montalban. But um, well, well, I I, Mark, I, I, I don't think it's necessary
1: for him to look like Ricardo Montalban. I think that's yeah. Optional. But you know, at
0: least be the you know the whole point of. By the way,
1: you know, people who love Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. They have names now? Big fans of Benedict Cumberbatch?
0: Cumberbitch. They call him Cumberbitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a real thing. He, right? he well, first of all, let's just point out but from he he is going to be this is his year, right? This is a big deal for him. I mean, the guy has been kind of on, you know, uh, on the cusp for a little while. Sherlock has had him in a good place, but between Star Trek and then end of the year, you know, he is in both uh, uh 12 years a slave. Which is getting just mind-boggling reaction out of uh, out of uh, Telluride, T- right and Toronto. It just it's through the roof, through the roof. People are nuts. I mean, this thing could could walk away with like everything. But there are a number of movies. But he's all, not only in that. He's in the other movie that people think could walk away with everything, which is the uh, the, uh, the Fifth Estate, which, which is where, not getting where, good he, where, he, where he plays uh, Julian Assange.
1: Which, by the way, is not getting. Very good reviews out of
0: uh, I saw some Toronto. great ones. I saw some really? great ones. Yeah,
1: interesting. I think yeah. Rotten Tomatoes well, has like a 36.
0: Well, because well, a, a lot of it's it's be, you know because WikiLeaks is controversial, so I think a lot of people are importing their uh, their WikiLeaks. You know, is it is it accurate? What's it doing? What's it not doing? It's not what it's not kind of condemning the people it should condemn and praising the people it should praise. It's like you know, hey man, I trust I trust Bill Condon. Anyway, Mark, your ad, your opinion of the movie. <sighs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Now <laughs> I, 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 here's the thing I, I, I'm willing to go with what JJ's done with this universe. It doesn't have to be my Star Trek as long mm-hmm. as it's a Star Trek I can enjoy. I, and, but the issue is always the same thing, which is that JJ is such a slave to his influences yeah and whether it's Super 8 or anything, or Cloverfield or anything else he's done, that now we have a movie where he is trying so hard to give fans who don't know the old con their version and give older folks the old con and little winks and nods to the old movie. You're really trying to, you can't make a new movie by surreptitiously, cleverly copying the old movie. Either make a new movie or remake the old movie. You or can't do, have it both.
0: Or when they were, see, when they were baiting everybody about how, what this was going to be, it was going to be something referential, I think a lot of people felt like, oh my gosh, they're going back to the original series, they're going to give us uh, uh, Gary Mitchell, right? It's gonna be, I mean, you thought it was Gary Mitchell. A lot of people thought, oh, Gary Mitchell. Well, then when, you, when, it, when you're not going all the way back to something cool like that, and you're just, you're just kind of doing a quasi-remake of The Wrath of Khan, that's like, oh, really? That's lame.
1: That's the thing. It's, it's, you got it's,
0: expectations all all hooked that they were gonna, they were going to do something really cool, referential, and they wound up doing something kind of meh referential.
1: Yeah, and you know what? it, uh, it it's so exciting and like it's so fast cut and moves so fast and yeah. so action it's filled. A, and it's, it's, it's a, almost like I need some character here too. Don't forget.
0: Yeah, and I will uh, I will I will say it's a gorgeous Blu-ray and it is a I mean they really just did a, a beautiful beautiful job with it. However. The extras, the featurettes on there, there's some controversy about this, and those who've been kind of following the, uh, this was posted actually on the uh, on the Facebook page as well, uh, guy at the Digital Bits was alerted to this fact by a lot of fans, a lot of readers, who uh, pointed out that there are, you know, it's like, wait, where's the commentary by JJ? Did JJ not do a commentary? Oh, he did. He did do a commentary. But that commentary is only available, like, on the iTunes download. And then there are other featurettes that are more extensive documentaries that are only available with the Amazon exclusive and then others with the Best Buy. They took all of these extras and they split them up. So if you want to actually get all the added value material, you actually have to double dip this thing quintuple times. And you've got to go to the Amazon and the Best Buy and the the, the, the Target version and the iTunes download. And, the, and then you've got to buy the Blu-ray, uh, Blu-ray, 3D, DVD, digital copy, ultraviolet combo. And then eventually, after you've spent $850,000, you've, you've now got the movie five times and you now have all the extras. That blows, man. That's really uncool. Why would Paramount do that? Well, I emailed our contact, who handles all the Paramount stuff, and I said... I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this story. It's going a little bit viral. Would you would you mind uh, seeing if you can get a statement from Paramount? That was a week and a half ago. Nothing.
1: Because Paramount, much like Disney, they don't care what we think. Yeah. They'll put stuff out no. in cardboard packaging in a broken spindle and no. you got to live with it. Yeah, well. That's as long as they make their money. There we go. So that's Star Wars... Oh, uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. So Star Trek in the darkness, what are we saying? We're saying that uh, uh, you know what? It, it, uh, has, it has great surface sheen. It's very exciting. Lots of stuff going on. But, but, the, but ultimately, it's such a slave to Star Trek II that either remake Star Trek II yeah. or make another movie because I just got, even as somebody who reveres Star Trek II and, has, and saw it eight times when it came out and has seen that movie more times than anybody and and, would, and got every single reference, yeah. even then I'm like, you know what, I'm not seeing this movie so that I can be tickled and pleased by your little references. I want to see a standalone movie. So It was uh, distracting
0: Real quickly, got three more space movies As long as we're on the Star Trek vibe Three more space movies I'm going to make a quick mention of uh, Scavengers, new from Image, straight to video thing About um, rival um, mercenary teams in space uh, it, It's kind of doing the, uh, the alien thing It's taking most of its stylistic cues and its narrative cues From movies like Alien and Aliens And you can feel that And they, Yeah, it's not, it's not big budget It's kind of got uh, you know, like sci-fi TV level uh, production value but you know what? It's uh, surprisingly engaging. Got some uh, some good people in here. Sean Patrick Flannery, who I always like as an actor, and Jeremy London, whom I always liked as an actor. And I thought, I was like, oh, it's a pretty decent cast, and uh, they've grown up well, so uh, not bad. Directed by a guy named Travis Zaruini. And I got to say, Travis, dude, you got to, I don't know, change that name or, or make sure that you hit it so big that people know exactly how to pronounce it, because I sure as hell don't. But anyway. Uh, good little good little sci-fi action there. And then uh, Stranded is a, uh, a low-budget sci-fi film with Christian Slater. This is straight-up alien rip-off in every conceivable way. Uh, it's about a U.S. moon base. and uh, moon, moon base alpha? It's just a hint. No, not nearly that nice. Uh, Christian Slater runs a moon base. There's like five people there. And uh, there's Meteor Storm, and then next thing you know, there's like an alien creature that's, uh, you know, invading them and taking over one guy and doing nasty, gross things. And it's just really, really weak. It's, very, it's not like Moon, you know, the Sam Rockwell deal. It doesn't have that production value. It doesn't have that intensity or that kind of intellect. It is just a straight-up rip-off of, um, of, uh, of Alien. Directed, however, by that mighty artist... Roger Christian, Roger Christian, you know the Roger Christian who directed uh, Battlefield Battles- Earth. Battlefield Earth. Yeah, he's an really? outstanding cineast. He's an auteur. <laughs> and then last and lastly, from the Doomsday series, uh, is Delete uh, with Seth Green in it. This is um, a, from Guy Vivendi on Blu-ray, and uh, it's you know it's trying to be kind of a cyber era uh, paranoid sci-fi thriller. And it tries to escalate Seth Green to the level of an action star, and uh, no, this doesn't really work. Uh, it's, you know, kind of nuclear fear, cyber fear, cyberpunk. Um, it, it, you know, it doesn't make an awful lot of sense, but, you know, it's, if you're a Seth Green fan, I guess you'll uh, be totally into it. Also, I you know who shows up in this thing is Matt Frewer. I haven't seen him forever.
1: He was in um, He was in uh, Watchmen.
0: Of course he was. He was. Yeah, yeah, like, movie. I remember that. He was. Okay.
1: Yeah, my fault. He was at the Watchmen.
0: Yeah, we do, we do. Uh,
1: The English teacher is uh, on Blu-ray. This is with Julianne Moore, Greg Kinnear, Nathan Lane, and you know it's one of those movies about. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be. It's kind of cutesy. Julianne Moore plays this um, this spinster teacher in a small town. She's an English teacher, and one of her star pupils goes to New York to become a playwright, fails, and then returns to the small town and it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit cutesy it's kind of like it's it's almost like watching Glee or something it's one of those sorts of the tone is kind of something like that I mean any Julianne Moore lead performance is a gift and that's great but I kind of feel like this thing is just so thin if you want to see a movie about a teacher an oddball teacher in a small town you really got to watch Wonder Boys Mm
0: -hmm.
1: with Michael Douglas and Toby Maguire that's a terrific film. Curtis Hanson, I love that film.
0: I don't love it as much as a lot of people, but it's a good film.
1: It's, so, it's just so terrific. Yeah. I think the English teacher wanted to be something like Wonder Boys, but in the end, not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. A little too cutesy for me.
0: All right. Uh, we got a thing here that some of our listeners are really excited about Hammer of the Gods, which is from the uh, Magnet line of Magnolia. It's on Blu-ray and uh, this is just straight up, this is the new thing right, it's, uh, it's all kind of uh, Game of thrones us let's, let's go to just medieval gore, it's a little bit like Vikings and Game of Thrones and all these shows have gotten everybody, Spartacus to some degree they've all, well, 300 certainly was one of the first to do it, but uh, everybody's got all excited about just medieval hell and um, this is a Viking thing, it takes place in the 9th century in Britain and stars Charlie Bewley as a Viking who is on a quest to recover his uh, his brother and um, you know it then, then just fill in lots of fighting and and uh, you rah, 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 fill in the words that's how everybody talks in this movie and uh, yeah lots of lots of hammers and axes and swords and metal and just crunching thunderous just unholy terror. Um, is it any good? I guess if you just like this kind of stuff it's not really plot oriented it's just it's really about a lot of testosterone and blood and you get it but it is an awfully good looking Blu-ray they really did a nice job so uh, bravo to the people at Magnolia who really always do very nice Blu-ray work
1: uh, Wait, a couple of quickies on the DVD is the uh, overlooked interesting film called Wish You Were Here with Joel Edgerton Teresa Palmer yeah. and uh, a bunch of people in stuff and junk <laughs> I said stuff and junk yes you did um, Joel Edgerton, of course, is uh, from Warrior, and uh, what's it called? The Box, the Square, yes, yes. Square of the Box. He's the, one of those Aussie yeah. finds that now is sort of the like Square, the Square. The square. Yeah. One of those Aussie finds, kind of in mid-career mm-hmm. now, he and Not his brother, a, and his brother. Don't know if I like all their choices, but uh, I do like Wish You Were Here. This thing kind of um, went under the radar. It's about uh, a couple; they, they go on the South Asian vacation. And somebody disappears, and you got to figure out what happened. And it's a, it's a mystery, and it's a thriller, and it's character-based. So it's not just a bunch of cheap horror thrills. And uh, this thing was good. I was really surprised. I did not uh, expect much. Very taut, uh, very well-constructed, uh, good performances by everybody. Um, I liked it. And there's, right. there's themes of you know guilt and doubt that they sort of are not afraid of because it'll be too smart and people won't be scared every single moment. Um, good stuff. Wish you were here. Also, um, Shadow Dancer. This is um, from James Marsh. Now, James Marsh is the guy who directed the uh, documentary Man on Wire. Now, Wade, you love Man on Wire, I right? think Man on Wire is a great doc. I, I do. Well, you'd better, because if you didn't, I was going to... No, it's a terrific film. ...yell at you until you were blue in the face. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I know. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Andrea Risborough, who's this English actress who's kind of like up and coming... She is arrested. Uh, she's a member of the IRA. She's arrested in London. And Clive Owen, who has kind of fallen off the radar, I think he kind of left America, now he kind of does these British thriller-type movies, he plays an MI5 officer who gives her a, a choice, uh difficult choice regarding either going to prison or spying on her family, and it's, you get into that kind of stuff. It's pretty good. I you know I think that this stuff probably could have been better directed by somebody who is more in tune with the beats of a thriller. You know? Yep. Um, Marsh, I think, is a great documentarian, but I still think that he might have some, something to learn about constructing thriller material, chase scenes, tension... Narrative tension, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it's still pretty good. I mean, it's really, it's really a, not a bad movie. I'm just saying that. I wish it was directed by somebody else. who really could have taken the same material and put it over the top. But uh, it's really not bad. Shadow Dancer. So two overlooked films you may want to check out. Shadow Dancer and even
0: more. Wish You Were Here. A couple of films from somebody. What are we
1: doing here? How long is this? This should be like an hour and a half.
0: It's. Uh, we're not even to an hour yet. What? No. You hate. You hate working with me, and I hate working with you. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a couple of great films here from uh, some wonderful female directors, uh, one better than the other. But the, uh, the one that I really like here is uh, Love is All You Need, new Suzanne Beer film. You know, Suzanne Beer has had a really interesting career. Tremendously successful Danish filmmaker. She, she made uh, After the Wedding, which uh, back in 2006 uh, was, uh, you know, it was like an, it was an Oscar nominee, and it's just grueling, gut wrenching, emotional, just pummels you in the face. And then she made her American English language debut, uh, Things We Lost in the Fire. Not so great. Halle Berry and, uh, you know, it it didn't really work. And uh, then she went back and made, uh, among other great films, she made um, In a a Better World, which wound up winning Best uh, Foreign Language Film, finally, for her, 2010. Great movie. And this here she is. She's taken her shot once again at a kind of an English-language uh, American film. It's sort of... I don't want to say it's a Hollywood film. It's not really a Hollywood film. Uh, but it's, uh, it's got uh, Pierce Brosnan. And that's worth something, right? And this is a total change for her. It is not, uh, it is not gut-wrenching, intense horror. People are dying. Families falling apart. It's, it, it doesn't sock you in the gut emotionally. It's a romantic comedy. Uh, Pierce Brosnan and uh, the Danish actress Trini Dierholm... Against a lovely Italian backdrop. It's just a wonderful old-fashioned, it's a little bit like what Ridley Scott thought he was making with uh, that, uh, what was the, the thank you what, you, what the hell are you doing with the microphone?
1: My, the microphone got caught in my glasses.
0: That's a... Uh,
1: because I'm, I'm not used to wearing glasses, so, know. you know, they, they sometimes have a mind of their own.
0: Of course they do. The microphone got caught in my glasses, yeah that's a, a likely story a likely story <laughs> <The> dog <laughs> eat my microphone anyway it's a lovely romantic comedy really fun Wade, it's, it's kind of what again what Ridley Scott thought he was doing with that Russell Crowe and uh, Marion Cotillard thing what was Star that? Called? Wars? no what was that called uh, the, the, another year another season some damn thing oh I, the wine thing yeah oh gosh it was uh, wow Ridley you have a real light touch like an anvil um, and then the other one here is Mira Nair, uh, one of my favorite directors in the world, but she just keeps kind of missing the, missing the target with a lot of these things. And, uh, you know, she did her, uh, Amelia Earhart thing that didn't really get just, it's like, gosh, that could have been so good. And this is the reluctant fundamentalist, uh, Riz Ahmed, Kate Hudson, Leah Schreiber and, uh, Kiefer Sutherland in a movie that should be super, super timely. And uh, it kind of, it, it, it's about 65% there, you know. Um, Mira never, she, she's just, I don't know if she's not getting the support or if the screenplays aren't quite there, but this just tries so much to wrap its arms around the post-9-11 world and, and you know, terrorism and the role of Pakistan and uh, the CIA and all of these things, and it really tries to just drill down into all this stuff Somehow it all get, just gets convoluted with a little bit of kind of a soapy story. Um, so, I mean, it's worth watching. I would say rent this one. It's worth watching on Blu-ray because Mirrors films always have a really, really good production value for very little money. But it just kind of misses the mark.
1: My name's Mark.
0: I know. And then um, a few things that they call comedies. I'm going to go through real quickly here that I don't think are comedies. People's from Tyler Perry. Not Tyler Perry as a director, just Tyler Perry Presents. This is uh, written and directed by Tina Gordon-Chisholm, and it is just really kind of dumb. Kerry Washington, who we talked about earlier in Scandal, is lovely to look at. Uh, David Alan Greer has been funnier, and Craig Robinson I still don't think is all that funny. He just keeps doing the same shtick over and over and over and over again. You can get this Blu-ray and Ultraviolet, uh, and it's not really worth either of them. And then there's a thing called Stag, which is a—it's uh, exactly what you would imagine. It's uh, like a really lowbrow version of that old movie Bachelor Party with uh, Tom Hanks. Kind of the same deal, except it's a little more raw, and it, uh, it's one of those things that Donald Faison keeps doing. He's doing lots of this straight-to-video stuff that just is not going to help his career very much. Desperate Acts of Magic, a little low-budget film uh, with people who can't act. I, I reviewed this for uh, radio, and I, it, this is being self-distributed by these people. I admire the hell out of them for actually getting this movie made. But it, it's it just, it's these people can't act. It's basically about a guy who is, wants to be a magician. He has a dream of being a magician, and he chases that dream. And then there's a magician woman who's a bit of a con woman. They're on-again, off-again relationship. And then this um, this competition to be the great magician that he and the woman wind up in when they're on and off But It's just, oh my gosh, really? Being a magician is not that interesting. And if you had people who could act, it might be a little more interesting. It's an, an admirable independent film that they actually got this thing made, but you know what? You gotta just having people who can do magic doesn't make a movie. You gotta actually have people who can act. That's better magic. And then here is a movie, unrated edition of Porn Shoot Massacre. Yeah. What do I really need to say any more? Awesome. Let me read you the tagline on the back. Seven unlucky adult film stars are about to switch genres from porn to gore. Will any of them make it out alive? Do I even need to give you a plot of what this thing's about? Yes, you do. It's so bad. We, it's it's really bad, and it's really funny. We need to have. A, you have a guilty pleasure, if you're yearning for a guilty pleasure, that might be a good one.
1: Next week, a dramatic reading of the uh, script. Yes. Uh, I don't know if we're going to end on this. I hope we do because uh, I'm hungry. Okay. Um, anyway, online is a. Uh, it's one of those Christian-based uh, stories that gets like you know, gets thumbs up from like the Dove Foundation about this guy, happily married, and uh, he logs on to you know, Facebook or some social networking site. And uh, he winds up rekindling a relationship with a past romance. So it becomes he's tempted. He's happily married, but he's tempted by this past romance. And, of course, he turns to God to help him uh, decide what to do. And, of course, yes. God tells him to dump his wife and kill her and then have uh, have a dirty, filthy sex with the um, with the uh, past uh, uh, flame. It's amazing. It's an unbelievable story. It's not the way you thought it was going to go. You see, you thought that in a Christian-based film no. uh, signed off on by the Dove Foundation no. that the guy would eventually turn to God. God would yeah. tell him, you need to covet your wife and you need to forget this past relationship. Not true. God tells him to kill the wife and run away with the past relationship. It's a, it's a really interesting movie. Yeah. I, I really think that you, you know, it's the, incredible how that happened. The,
0: the, 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 the Dove Foundation—they they, like they, they gave their seal of approval of to porn shoot massacre. Did as they? Well. They did. So they, clearly, they're—they're they're being a lot more uh, progressive in, in their thinking these I, days.
1: I'm all turned around about yeah. the yeah. Dove Foundation.
0: I know, right? They just went just when you think. They they do they turn around and surprise you. Uh, here's what we're going to end on, Mark. We got a couple of movies. Uh, a couple well, one is a box set. A couple of things. We're going to talk more about the uh, the one box set obviously when the holiday show rolls around because this is going to be this is going to be prime there. Good holiday viewing. The uh, the complete Blu-ray collection of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah baby, twelve films of terror. That's right. Uh, so you get all twelve. And when I say all twelve, I mean all twelve uh, of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Can you believe it? Gosh, I mean, it includes even the new Friday the 13th, by the way. The, the 2009 one is included. Freddy versus Jason. Jason X. Jason goes to hell the final Friday. Jason 13th. Uh, J- uh, Friday the 13th, part 8. Jason takes Manhattan. The new blood, uh, which, by the way, the new blood. You know what, Corey Feldman. Could we just talk for a second about Corey Feldman? if you like because you remember Corey Feldman was in uh, what was it was it in part 6 Jason Lives or New Beginning it's a new, maybe it's the New Beginning final chapter New Beginning it's one of those he's, a, he's, a, he's in one of those where he becomes like the new Jason or whatever at the, at the end He shaves his head did you read the, the thing that I posted uh, about his, his freaking lingerie party I did not oh my gosh it, it truly outrage. He, he had a lingerie party invited a journalist from one of these online rags and the, the guy shows up and writes, does a write up which he didn't like and then it explodes into this cyber war and then this flame war through Twitter and then the, the writer it, it, it sends a press release out and I get a press release about I will not be cyber bullied by Corey Feldman strangest press release I've ever gotten utterly bizarre he wants his moment in the sun He's trying to milk it really sad Anyway, so uh, Friday the Thirteenth complete collection, twelve films on Blu-ray. Every film that has ever had uh, that has ever had uh, Jason Voorhees in it, and uh, it's a, it's kind of an achievement because they had to get multiple studios working together on this, namely Paramount and Warner Brothers via New Line and there were a lot of strings to pull clearly as far as uh, rights and who gets what participation, but son of a gun they did it, they, they pulled it off so uh, the complete Blu-ray collection of every single Friday the 13th movie ever uh, you will have a wonderful holiday marathon with that thing, uh, we will cover that more a little bit in depth when the, uh, the, the uh, gift guide show comes around and then lastly, Criterion uh, can't be a, a great week without a great Criterion from 1965 uh, the wonderful, fantastic The Spy Who Came In From the Cold Uh, this may be the best spy movie ever made just because it is so psychological it's based on a uh, John le Carré novel and uh, it is a really really great film maybe the most unusual film that Martin Ritt ever directed Martin Ritt of course was basically known for doing kind of you know a very earthy rural American stories and uh, Norma Ray. Norma Ray and you know uh, Murphy's HUD. Murphy's Romance with Murphy's H- romance. Hud, Hud, you know with uh, with John, uh, Paul Newman. Uh, that's what he did. But this is uh, this is a really unconventional film for him, and um, you, you know you, you gotta you, you gotta really give him props. He, he just went off on a, on a totally different direction, and he nailed it. Um, it, really a fascinating film Very much of its era Very much a Cold War story But it is, uh, it is really, really beautifully done Magnificent black and white photography And uh, just riveting, riveting performance From Richard Burton And uh, great supporting performances From Claire Bloom and Oscar Werner Really good stuff A lot of fantastic extras here um, There's a scene-by-scene scene, uh, Kind of intermittent commentary uh, With director of photography Oswald Morris One of the all-time greats and then uh, a 2000 BBC documentary on uh, John Le called The Secret Center. As well as uh, a, a fascinating interview with Richard Burton from 1967 on the BBC show Acting in the 60s. Uh, just great stuff all the way through. So you, you can't miss this. The, um, the spy who came in from the cold. First rate. So with that we're uh, wrapping up the show. And um, Mark has gone away. He's gone away to, to eat a scone. Do we have a Do we have an outro that you wanted to uh, try and?
1: Uh, I I didn't know I was vice president of outros.
0: Well, I don't know. Give me Give me an outro. Give me something.
1: Um, hang on. I'm going to give you something. Okay.
0: You ready? Here it yeah, is. Right. Yeah, 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 The
1: outro this week is going to be a little thing we like to call. This comes to us from Joseph R. Thornton, ladies and gentlemen. Here's cooking at you, kid.